took them several weeks to get you back to me. We are hottest quantundreds and thousands, and we have taken control <laughs> of your radio station. Good, yes, good start. Uh, the uh, Quan Pants. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh. good. My name is David James Quan, and I'm one of the Quantro voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Oh, it continues <laughs> in strong form. Continue. Quant- it continues. <laughs> yes. Continue. Ooh. That's Adam Quancher. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Nathan Quanison. Hi. And Quandrew McDonald. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's hard for me to quantify my love for it, David. <laughs> See, I, I, I tried to prepare some. Um, and they weren't as good as the ones you guys are just trying to do. Crossing all the ones yeah. off my list already. It's like, oh, they've all been used already. <laughs> well, I think it's still going to be quite quandiful. I agree. Yeah, that's one. That's I good. Thought of. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you don't know why we're saying this word so much, <laughs> we'll explain it in two songs. We'll explain it in two. Just yeah. like instantly switched off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it. what all this quan nonsense is. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, like, oh, it's quantums. Is it's another silly app. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're very silly boys. They never used to make as many fucking jokes. It used to be about the music. <laughs> I like their old stuff better. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, this is a very good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a great idea. This already is a really good episode, everyone. Yeah, I think I'm it's definitely qu- a matter of quality over quantity. <laughs> I'm just very quickly going to go give Woo! us a five-star review. Oh, my lord. <laughs> I hope he's listening. I, I do too. Same. I just hope he's listening. <laughs> hey, man. <sighs> We've got to watch the supports before we, before we get to the headliner, True. so uh, let's get into it. At number 30... It's cake. This is never there. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. In the 1998 Hottest Quan 100, that was a song called Never There. Weirdly enough, we're going to be throwing to a guy who's always here. Andrew. David. Ever reliable. Mm, uh, yes, this uh, Never There was the, uh, the first single from Cake's third record, Prolonging the Magic. Continue. Which is a, a great name to name the album after your really successful one. Yeah, yes. Cake, uh, renowned, I'm not sure if they're actually renowned, but they're renowned, renowned in, my, brain geniuses. in my mind for having some of the finest record names there is, including previous <laughs> 996's Fashion Nugget, this year's uh, Prolonging the Magic, 2001's Comfort Eagle, 2004's Pressure Chief, and 2011's <laughs> Showroom of Compassion. I think they are great at naming their records. I'm c- very curious about... Comfort Eagle in particular. Comfort Eagle is very good. But what do you imagine a Comfort Eagle? Does he like give you like a really feathery like a hug, hug? Right, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. It's like just like ah, oh, and then he goes ah, just like perches on you yeah. and that'd be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This um this song spent three weeks on the number one modern rock charts. This was Cake's most successful single at the time, surpassing even the distance. Mm. I didn't know this song it was so popular. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. I didn't know it was so popular because I'm a big Cake fan. I've like seen them live, which was a very great highlight for me. I love these guys for many, many years. So I'm very familiar with them. I knew this song very well, but I had no idea it was so successful or indeed so popular to make it into number 30. But I think this is fucking great. This has so many of the trademarks that make Cake such a unique and essential band for the 90s spirit. The monotone, half-sung, half-spoken vocals by John McCree in his incredibly dry, droll voice. The dry fucking humour of the lyrics is very great. McCree's probably the sound that the uh, the eagle makes. Yeah. McCree! 
It's just McRee. Can't get a game of GF. Got the essential cake inclusion of the virus life for quite a while. Which it is, is essential. <laughs> yeah. I think that... Uh, Mariachi Horn, man. Mariachi Horn Mar- coming Mariachi in. Mariachi Horn. Yes. Horn. I'm, I'm there for that. I think that they write songs that are very much what you call like the really old golden age of songwriting. They're kind of like old mm. country songs. Like They cover that song, Sad Songs and Waltzes. And it's yes. very much Cake's raison d'etre is to do that kind of thing. And then to marry that with funky hip-hop, dancey groove beats... And they have, obviously, the mariachi horn is very much the cake thing. And all of them are on full display here because, like, they have a few experiments in their production. And when this song starts with the distorted vocals of the um, I Need Your Arms Around Me and stuff, it hints that it's going to be one of those songs, but it's not. It's just this groovy song. And then when John allows himself to sing that on the phone, long, long distance, it becomes this really fun, infectious song. I'm sure it's written from a point of sincerity, but just like saying, like, when I call you, baby, you're never there is very funny. It's like for a, like a song to have like a torch song is that kind of way of like... I'll always love you, but you're never there is very great. Yeah, I, this is another example of why I love Cake so much is this song. I think it's a... Yeah, I love it very much. You know what I think the tone of is absolutely perfect is the gang vocals, the baby... The yeah. baby. Yeah. Baby. Because they're not cool. No. Yeah. It's the, it, like, and they're not angry. Like, so often when you use gang vocals, like, it's this big rousing... <laughs> It's just not that. And yeah. the fact that they've managed to make gang vocals something other than that is perfect for this song. It really it's sounds really like they're at the back of the room. Yeah. And it, they don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just, like, kind of here for it and they're like, yeah. yeah baby. They're the shouted equivalent of what McCree's doing yeah. with his <laughs> delivery of singing. Yeah, and the uncoolness of it always is so essential. Cause oh, it's so essential. Kate have very specifically crafted the image of them being not cool. But that makes Thank them you. cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Not caring. Not caring. <laughs> no! They're always just on the periphery, like, purposely not the popular guy. They love that, mm. and I love yeah. that about them. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. John's um, phone acting in the video, where he's kind of, like, doing it, but then has to hold the phone for a bit too long, is very good. Yeah. <laughs> Worth the watch for that. Yeah. Worth the watch for some top-notch phone acting. Yeah. 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 Good phone acting. It's just so groovy. Like, we've talked about, every time we talk about cake, pretty much. Like, yeah. the way that they weave all their components together... And it's all just little pieces that on their own and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, But once you add in all the layers, yeah. it's perfect. Well, what's going on with creating that groovy texture is like the bass working alongside those two guitars that are both doing very different things, but very much are in like they're in it together. Like it's remarkable musical kind of composition in terms of the way those three layers in particular are playing with one another. It's really great. And then just like... Again, speaking of musical choices that are made, the way that once you've locked down basically what the song's doing and its groove, there are all these really subtle shifting variations, and it just reminds me of a guy he can't sit still or someone who's trying to get to sleep when they've got restless leg syndrome or whatever. It's just it's just got that kind of like nervous shifting energy about mm. it at the same time as it's kind of grooving along, which is again just perfect for the tone. I'm not sure if it's been used in like movies or something like that, but it's a perfect song to have like partway through a movie when, like, someone's kind of shitty with the way their relationship's going on about that. In a wry, kind of funny movie, not, like, in a sincere romantic mm, movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's used like, in Friends. The one where Rachel's never there. The one, <laughs> the one where Rachel smokes. We're on a break! It's also been used in Daria. It is in Daria, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect Daria tone, yeah. yeah. She's never there. Yeah. <laughs> she is. Oh, she is. <laughs> I guess. Uh, she has to be. It's yeah. her show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Daria is too available. She'll never go a guy like that. <laughs> True to mean, keep him keen. Hey. Like, like Kim from Kath and Kim. <laughs> I always overlook, like, I love cake, but I, I feel like I've historically overlooked this song. A lot. Like, mm. I don't listen That's to this. time hearing it. Yeah. I, like, I was aware of it, but then, like, sort of paying more attention to it for, for this episode, I was like, holy shit, this song it's is fucking great. Good. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Like, there are, I, I think I don't listen to this album much, and there's a few cuts on the album that I do go to a lot. Ship Go to yeah. Heaven. Ship Go to Heaven, obviously, all time. But, yeah, this is great. I'm mm. excited to have discovered another Cake song that I really love. Totally. Yeah. It's just a really fun, archetypal cake song like we talk about that thing that they get into the groove of and yeah having those distinctive flavors to them um i think it was about just over a decade ago uh on uh weird al album you know like how he'll have like his song parodies he also does style 
parodies where he'll like take a certain band and do like a pastiche of them. Weird Al have a, has a song called Close But No Cigar. I knew that song and I knew it was supposed to be a style parody of Cake, but I didn't realize like how accurate I, it was until I revisited this song. I'm just like, man, this sounds so much like Close But No Cigar by Weird Al. And then I'm just like, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are ripping off Weird Al. Yeah, right? <laughs> Those very distinctive backing vocals and like that percussive drive to it as well, and that almost vaguely like Dick Dale-ish surfy kind of like picking out the guitar instead of like strumming. That's kind of a very distinctive thing, and like the bass following along with that, and the yeah, the drums like getting into the pocket of that kind of groove. Like, like you're just like, wow, Cake really do have like a a thing. Hmm. You know what I mean though? Like some bands like have like distinctive things that you can instantly pick up about them. Even, like, the Beatles starting out was, like, the... Or just mm. just something, you know... Like, <laughs> was it? Yeah, but, like, they... Bo- yeah, like... That day? Well, with the hair. Because they used to have, like, early Beatles, like, mm. mop-top stuff, so... But they went... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, but, like, John and Paul would both be at the same mic, and they'd both go... At the same time, like with that, with the head wobble because of the mop tops. I was going to say the it's early a Beatles. fucking st- striking visual. I was the early Beatles. It would be the inability to write a song without including the word love in it for like yeah. five years. Yes, yeah. also yeah, true. You get the be- you get the a- Beatles hater is logged on. Oh. <laughs> it's just like oh, the love hater. Uh. No, just, there's more things to write songs about, like like being a walrus. That's perfect. perfect. <laughs> that's, the, that's the great way to end it. Holy Holy shit. Shit. Number twenty-nine, it's the late great Jeff Buckley. This is everybody here wants you. Twenty-nine pearls in your kiss, a singing smile, coffee smell, lilac skin, your flame. Nine pearls in your kiss, a singing smile, coffee smell, and lilac skin, your flame in me. I'm only here for this moment. No. Jeff Buckley coming in at number 29 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That's uh, Everybody Here Wants You. Adam knows this story very, very well. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he loves this song. So, yeah, this one uh, coming from the posthumous album Sketches for My Sweetheart, The Drunk, never completed. Jeff Buckley having died uh, the year before in 1997. I am like the big Jeff Buckley fan in the room, but I will say that although I owned a copy of the CD, I never ended up really listening to it. I never really ended up getting into sketches. And I think the reason was, even at the time, and there's still, there's still something that kind of bothers me about it, is that the the thing that didn't sit right was how little ownership Jeff could have over that music. It's always yeah, totally. weird, man, all that stuff. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like all the Johnny Cash records, yeah. like all that sort of all shit. All the Hendrix records. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah, there's so many. To me, Grace is enough. Like, Grace is the album that Jeff wanted everyone to hear. He was happy with it. He was signed off. The fact that we don't have any certainty that we intended for the songs that, as they are recorded, for this album to be released and to be heard by the public, like, that just makes me feel... Like a little bit uncomfortable, furthered by rumors that he was really not kind of happy with the material that he was producing at that time. He he really wanted to work on it more. Because um, even if you finish a song and it's recorded and it's all mastered and in your on the whiteboard on the studio it says a hundred percent, yeah, that isn't you saying I'm ready to release this mm-hmm. song. Yeah. That's you saying the recording session is done. And I think it plays in particular to this song because this is very much a 
in inverted commas, sexy song, right? It said, and to release this song says something about you and your persona and how you are perceived publicly. You're doing a sexy thing, right? You're doing a sexy thing publicly. And, of course, Jeff Buckley was an attractive dude who many people kind of... He was a sexy held, man. ...held up as, like, a sexy mm. kind of icon or whatever, but, like... Chip off the old block. I do wonder whether leaning into that image would, would have been something that Jeff... How much he went back and forward on that in terms of this song. See, I can also think, just in terms of the composition and writing of the song, that he was paying homage to classic era soul... Because it's super fucking well, it I is. picked up on it. And um, I'll, I have never heard Scripts of Mars, We Heart the Drunk. This is my first time hearing this song. Yeah. Really? Yes. Um, I know I'm not the biggest Jeff Buckley fan. When we spoke about Grace, I've always said, I've known it forever. It's one of my mum's favourite records, so I, I've known it forever. Yeah. Um, and when everybody got into it at, like... Y- high school and university oh, my music tastes were diverging so I never really been able to embrace it as much as I do know that he was a beautiful singer and songwriter yeah. but um, the vibe of the love in this that he's expressing which I think he was written, writing for his partner at the time uh, Joan Wasser who yes. is uh, also known as jo- Jonas, Jonas Police Woman yeah 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 she was with him um, they were a couple when he when died. he died yeah yeah so and this, is, oh, this was written for her yeah. uh, or written about her and um, the loving this reminds me of like and this is not a, a, a shot or anything like that, but it reminds me of like Lionel Richie kind of writing that, yeah. that kind of yeah. love, that kind of like the way he's like do like leaning into it, like the, the sparse drumming and like the it's the also snare sparse. Sexual. That could yeah, totally be like wonderful. a Commodore song. Totally. Yeah, fully mm. right, Commodore style. That that kind of love, like, and it's interesting to me that like as someone who doesn't really know Jeff Buckley at all outside of the Grace record, yep. that's clear here. It's always this is the tempting thing, right? Like you're saying, he can't have authorial ownership of a posthumous yes. releases, but at least this to me, from my knowledge of Grace, sounds like he's trying to play with new ideas in composition while still retaining that quintessential Buckliness. It's because yeah, definitely it's, it's definitely him. It, it yeah. can't. It couldn't be anybody else singing this song. But it sounds a little bit different. There's there's a suggestion, and again, like you have to take it with a grain of salt. But there's a suggestion of a direction that he may or may not have been heading in as yeah. an artist. And and as much as it's frustrating that you know posthumous stuff gets released like that, it is interesting to be like, ah, oh, you he know, he was working on this. Yeah, he was working on this. So it's also, very Prince. Yeah, I can um, understand. Yeah, like, yeah, not in a derivative way, but I think the way Prince. He's, he'd be dirtier about it. Yeah, but, oh, but, but even like that. Prince was never, I, I think, like, he was dirty when he was sexy, but he was never, like, sleazy. Prince had his making love songs, but he also had his fuck songs. Yeah, yeah. that's this true. This isn't a fuck song. No. Yeah, but this like, is a make love song. You could totally see someone like Miguel covering this now. Yeah. So. Oh, wow, this is so Miguel. <laughs> yeah. Because, and, and like, what, D'Angelo as well. Mm. Oh, I mean, I would totally D'Angelo. But the thing about Miguel and D'Angelo is that, the, you know, they're part of this neo-soul thing that was coming through yeah. um, that started coming through basically with D'Angelo in the 90s and whatever and has, has now like expanding Become out become mainstream in, in a certain way well I mean like at least mainstream alternative yeah um, which is awesome because they're really doing exciting things, things. That, I mean like Frank Ocean is absolutely one of my favourite artists at the moment and I there's a part of me that actually wondered as I was listening to this song is like man given enough time I wonder if Jeff Buckley would have made Blonde Huh. You draw the lineage back to traditional soul and funk and whatever, and Jeff Buckley is well documented to have very diverse tastes in, in his own personal music consumption. So I can believe that what he was going for, or at least playing with here, was paying homage to something that he genuinely loved and whatever, and not necessarily just going like, oh, people think I'm sexy, I'll no. do a sexy song. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because also, but- like, he was a sad man. He's not going well, to be the sadness cl- in this too. But, yeah, but he's not exactly right. He's not yeah. going to be the guy who's like, "No, don't you want me? Don't you want me, baby?" Like he's not going to be that kind of guy who revels in the no. physical adoration of him as a sex symbol. That's not who Jack he's Buckley not the human is. League. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where he's different to Miguel. Yeah, yeah. Miguel is everybody here wants me. Yeah, and fair enough too. Cool. Like, like the love in this is about. Not just one woman, but one specific woman who he yeah. is in love with. This isn't yes. a song about how sexy I am. It's a song about how I want to be yours. Mm. Well, the thing is that, like, I think that what the, the message you get from the song is that he he has to position himself as outsider because everyone else wants this person, and so he's he's saying I'm I'm the escape. You know, you can get away from all this adoration, whatever. It's it's that you don't want that attention, mm. just like. Come back to Jeff's in, house. Yeah, just in terms of just <laughs> authentic, yeah. authentic yeah. connection, yeah. or whatever. Look, I don't hate this at all. Look, I'm, I'm not saying like 
oh, I take your love and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just there don't... are other things to write yeah. songs about. No, 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 no. <laughs> not even that. I, no, 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 no. I don't even mean just like you, your review isn't sincere here, Jeff, but like it's just this is not on the caliber of the grace material and that's not to disparage well, Jeff yeah. as a writer or, a, or an author of work. No, that's but right. it's just, yeah, like, I, I know why people would have voted for this. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, like, yeah. of course, like, people are still very much mourning. Yeah, and it yeah, makes yeah. so much sense to celebrate Jeff in any opportunity that you can. And it's like, great, there's a song we can vote for. 100%, I entirely get it. I think people love this. Oh, no, no, because yeah. I, I, I think this is a great song yeah. for what it is. That's um, what I was wondering because you were very yeah. hesitant with your appreciation of it existing. That was so more of a clarification you... of the fact that I, I don't really have much of a relationship yeah, with this right, song. Yeah. Um, that was me kind of leading up to saying that listening to it for this countdown was the time where I've spent the most amount of time with it. Yeah. Like Because otherwise it's just been grace. And, like, the, and, and saying that the yeah. reason for that is because it never really felt right for me. That being said, I don't have any judgment on the people who write and die for the sketches stuff. And I know that they're out there. There are diehard Jeff Buckley fans who are just like, oh my God, I wish... Yeah, you know, who, pre- who prefer it, like, in, in its yeah, own way. Yeah. In its own way. I think um, the harmonies are particularly nice when they kind of come in with that flourish. Again, it's oh, well, like the thing so is, like, soul. No, no, nothing that he does with his voice ever sounds less than beautiful. Well, that's true. Like, it's, it's certainly a very beautiful vocal performance, yeah. And I think yeah. it's 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 much more restrained. A lot of grace is really big. It's big, it's true, yeah. And because of the style of this song, and also, I think, because of what the song's talking about, it's it's much... It's much smaller and intimate, and I really like that. I also think that we always talk about this, but there is something that is made more alluring given the context and given the tragedy of Jeff in this. And it's, it's weird how, like, always you go back and you, you reread certain lines Dude, within that context. Dude, of course it is, man. I'm only yeah. here for this moment. Yeah. Like, that just sticks out you, so much more. All that stuff, man. Whenever yeah. any artist dies, where if you don't, get into that vibe it means you don't have a sincere care for the artist behind the music like yeah. one of my favourite bands of all time is Joy Division if you can believe it um, <laughs> <laughs> Kel, surprise yeah I love going back through those last recordings that Joy Division made in like half stuff that as a couple of new songs that then New Order would go on to record like Love Will Tear Us Apart was the last official release when Ian was alive yeah and you can't help but be like oh right obviously that's a suicide guy like, yeah. obviously. And it's, it's, it's an enticing narrative. You can't help but do it because, like we said before, tragedy is, it's enticing and it's alluring and it's exciting. That's why the tragedy is one of the oldest forms of dramatic storytelling is because yeah. it's interesting. And tying in tragedy to somebody that you love as an artist is a very, very intoxicating notion. And it sucks that we do it because it, hel- cause it fetishizes mental health in bad ways and it fetishizes death in bad ways. But it's mm. it's so deep within us, I don't think it's something that we can escape. And it, it does make the Jeff Buckley story a beautiful one. And, and the like, work. And, yeah. And the work, yeah. yeah. You, you might listen to Grace and you'd be like, my God, how did he just make the one record? Isn't that just a fucking tragedy? And it makes the sadness of that record even more potent. Because yeah. there is sadness inherent to that even if you got it the day it came out and you're like, yeah. this guy... I gotta watch. I'm gonna fucking keep an eye on this motherfucker. Mm. But now you like there'd always be sadness for that now. But now you listen to it and you're like, my god, what a tortured soul. And he was. But that makes the story even better. And it sucks, but it's real and it makes it makes you like art more. But it makes you devalue humans in a certain way. Just a, a side, slight tangent on this. Here we go. Just like because this is a sexy song, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I just wonder, like, why is it that this kind of song? is regarded as being sexy. Is there something, something inherently sexy about... Why is this kind of music more sexy than, like, any other kind of music? Is it just because Funk and Soul were talking about making love so much? Well, you know me, I love became a, associated with it? Like, I love a pale white boy moaning in high pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a Saturday night for me. <laughs> I mean, Partly it's the lyrics, right? Because it's about love. Yeah. Or yeah. about human it's connection. Groove, but even, if you, but even yeah. if you just heard this as an instrumental, you'd be like, damn, that's sexy. But it's like, I just question, yeah, like, it's why? Like why is it sexy? Because it's, it's those augmented chords. It's those, it's those rim shots on the snare. It's the way you can just ease into it. Like, it's not like a ba 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 But why is that not sexy? You know what I mean? I just think- Because you're too busy, like, fucking yeah! Bah! Like, bouncing around, like... Songs but sex that can be that. But the thing is, like, sexiness in in representation isn't like like hardcore pornography isn't sexy. It's like it, it, it can be <laughs> no, arousing, or it can be like it's sex. Some, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sex. It's not sexy. Right. Yeah. Sexy is 
like right okay two people having like like a connection there's the like the the, the spark or whatever you yeah. know I, like, sexy is the moment before they touch yeah. not I when they touch I can only get off if dancing on the ceiling is playing yeah. so <laughs> framed in that way I can I can understand it more but I've just always found it very interesting and somewhat arbitrary the label of sexiness on music sometimes because I think because people say it, I remember, like it gets you so arbitrarily when someone's like it's a sexy riff I'm like Dude, what are you talking about? It's a good riff. Yeah, I don't want to stick my cock in the riff. <laughs> no. It's about the walrus. <laughs> I don't want to stick my cock in the, the walrus. walrus. <laughs> in the teeth on yeah. those things? Yeah, yeah, I've said it once, it. I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> I don't want to stick my cock in the walrus. <laughs> You've waited quite enough. We found ourselves in quite the quandary. Mm-hmm. You can't wait any longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. Number 28, this is Happy Land with Don't You Know Who I Am. We do. Quan, it's Quan. Yeah, it's Quan, baby. In the 1998 Hottest Quan Hundred, don't you know who I Quan? By Happy Land. All right. So Quan Yeomans, a rock god. Yep. A, a fuck beast. Yep. Um, sexiest walrus Brisbane, out. Brisbane royalty. Yeah. Walrus fucker. Um, <laughs> you fuck one walrus. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you're ever going to be known for. And uh, for the next three songs, we're going to be talking exclusively about uh, him and his work. Uh, so, we've discussed Happy Land briefly uh, in a couple of previous episodes. This was the one-off project in 1998 with Quan Yeh and Janet English of previous Hottest 100 and Thousands winner, Spiderbait. They won the podcast. Mm, took home the coveted hottie. Yeah. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> yeah. The hottie on the shelf. Ours, ours is like the aria, except the pointy bits at the end. So it's just impossible to hold. <laughs> it's just, it's all point. It's, it's all, all point. point. It's just all point. It's yeah. like a diamond. Yeah. It's like, ah! Yeah. Because well, ah. well, when your summary is on point, you get the point. Yeah, baby. That's the hottie promise. <laughs> Good God. And it doesn't get much sharper than Don't You Know Who I Am. A thrashy... Technicolor electro pop extravaganza, a song that I have loved since I was a hyperactive seven year old watching Rage and literally jumping up and down on my couch every time this song would come on. The music video for which Quan and Janet dressed up as two bunny rabbits, literally just jumping around. It fucking rules. It's a really good video. The whole album, like, in my sincere opinion, is one of the most underrated albums of the 90s. Nationality and genre, regardless, I think it is a fucking masterwork and some of the best stuff that either of those two people ever did and probably ever will do, and I still hold on to that 20 years removed from the fact What makes this work? I feel it's the fact that they are both weirdos and they are both real outsiders and they've always been that. Sure, they have more success now. They've both had a couple of radio hits and they both have love on Triple J and stuff like that. But at the same time, like in the greater climate of the pop world, they're still complete fucking weirdos. Like this was on a uh, 100% hits. Consider the other stuff that was on the 100% hits at the time, you know. Consider... 
Janet Jackson, consider Bewitched, consider the Backstreet Boys. Like, Happy Land aren't gonna be hanging out with that kind of crew. They're, they're the fucking weirdos. The fact that they were able to infiltrate this world, however briefly, with a song like this is just so fascinating to me. And I love this fucking song. So, Such yeah. a banger. Right? Just yeah. like... I'm glad, you, I'm, I'm glad the vibe yeah, is good for this High energy, fun, silly. Like, there's no subtlety to it all. It's just like, if you're the kind of person who is desperate to be seen and famous, you're a dickhead. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm talking about, that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the first time I ever heard the word rhinoplasty used yeah. by anyone at any point ever. Yeah. And, and if you put um, rhinoplasty in a song points yeah yeah i just like her voice right it, like so when, when we spoke oh. about um calypso yes um like i remember thinking then i'm like her voice when she wants it to be is like syrupy sweet it's so diabetes it's it's it's, it's, it's like so <laughs> gorgeous and cute yeah. but then like she got like this fucking razor sharp tongue like if you think the voice is cute, she's there to be like, aha, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me very much of what Grimes was playing with on Art Angels. Super. Super. Mm. Yes. Good, good point. Yeah. And there's something about that. You're playing the sugary, sweet female card, but at the same time, you're spitting absolute venom. There's something about it. And I don't it quite rules. know what it is. And maybe but it does maybe, rule. Yeah, it does rule. It absolutely rules. Yeah. But also just, just like, it's very much on brand for both The Gurge and Spider-Bait, or at least for these two, both bands have quite a few songs at this period where they're like taking pot shots at the idea of fame or the idea of industry or the idea of being adored or the idea of fandom. The Both of them do that a lot. That's true. And it makes sense to them at this point to just write like the most successful song for the crossover would be a song about like, like, that, 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 like that vapid kind of person who... People who sincerely, without a hint of irony... Dane to say, don't you know who I am? Like, <laughs> yeah. those, those people are real and they exist. And it just, it's biggest we all, belief. We, we, like, all know, we all know them. We all yeah. know them. And like... Tag a friend. Yeah, tag a friend. <laughs> yeah. Tag a friend yeah. who's like this, Lamal. <laughs> crying emoji. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's obviously it makes sense to just be like, ah, let's make fun of these people as well. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah. So infectious and fun. I came really close to saying it once. The opening night of my solo show... Oh, it was your show. It was my show, and I went up to the bar, because it was, like, open bar, and I was like, hey, can I just grab, like, a lemonade or something? Because I don't drink. And the dude was like, sorry, it's only only wine. And I, I came very close to being like, mate, it's my show. <laughs> like, we're here to... Can, can so I did just, you have to purchase a limb? I just didn't get yeah, one. Yeah, fully. Didn't give him the satisfaction. Oh, that's so weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Did you grab out the life-size cardboard well, cutout of Well, there was one, yeah. but it had the head missing, so probably... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just that's why. Like, I should have ah, stuck my ah, head ah, in a million. Ah, huh? ah. Yeah. Anyway, this rocks. Like, this yeah. is just obviously the best. And, like, it's so sweet and happy and fun, but so... Venomous. Venomous. It's venomous. Yeah. You're, hiding, you're hiding razor blades in your cake. Yeah. It's like last, week, your, last uh, week when we talked about Trojan horse songs. Make a pop song, but then you're actually saying, fuck you. Yeah. So it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, sweet at first, but then insulin resistance. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I, I, the energy I get from this song is like, seriously, like, the, the band is barely in control. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. the, they're, like, they're trying to, like, lasso some kind of wild beast, like, I don't know, a walrus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just bucking and going yeah. everywhere, and they're yeah. just yeah. hanging on for dear life, as we are as listeners, and mm. it's a great ride. Yeah. I think a, a great thing that sets that dynamic up is the, like, the doo-doo-doo at the start... And then yeah, it's the live guitar and drums coming over the top. And it just, like, from the start feels like they're trying to keep up with this thing that they've set up themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all just a bit too fast. It's like, no, no, we got to keep going. Like, <laughs> they've set up their own thing. I could believe this is the kind of song that they go to play live and then they get, like, three seconds in and it sounds fine to us. But like, wait, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. We did not have that. Start again. Start again. And they laugh and <laughs> drink beer. It's too and fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they ever play live, Deej? Uh, yeah, they did a couple of things. Oh, yeah. uh, they did like home bake and uh, yeah. they did in uh, animal costumes. In animal costumes, nice. yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, they like did the Beatles did. Confirmed furry. Uh huh. <laughs> and if you like furries, have uh-huh. we got the song for you? <laughs> At number twenty-seven, it's Regurgitator. This is I like your old remix. Better than your new remix. On my wall, I got your autographed on the pants in my drawer. I'm always singing to your CD in my stereo. You see me smiling back on my 
Coming in at number 27 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That is I Like Your Old Remix Better Than Your New Remix. And now which you is know. in itself a remix of I Like Your Old Stuff Better Than Your New Stuff, which is the opening song from Unit. Nathan, yeah. you're a loose unit. Absolute wow. unit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Well, I'd like to brag. Yeah. What's, what's you your know. policy on old stuff and new stuff? Look, we've all been there. Music fans are terrible. Everyone is terrible. And, like, we've all had bands that we love, and then they put out new stuff, and you're like, oh, you know what? Kind of like the old stuff better. How, how many bands, like, listener, that you, like, or people in the room who are listening to me, listeners, um, <laughs> bands that, <laughs> dude. Bands that, like saying, dear listeners, listener, we're talking, talking about. Yeah, it's like, when you say dear listener, you're just talking to us. Like, so say it in conversation. Yeah. Hey, what can I get you today? Well, dear listener. (laughs) Um, Pratt. (laughs) Yeah, what I'm saying is I deserve to be bullied tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, how many bands do you honestly know where if they have more than, say, six records... That are now like at their peak? What they're doing now is the best. best. How rare is this? The rarest thing in the world. Yeah. Hey, I do want to know if anyone does have any. Yeah, I mean, you could probably all. You know who's um, Swans? Oh yeah, really, Andrew? You're you're mentioning Swans? Yeah, really. (laughs) Your brand is thick today. Joy Division and Swans, Swans. Mm. fucking Warriors, fucking Warriors. It's all (laughs) great. I like Rage's first album because that was the first album I heard that was doing that, and all their other albums, even though they're probably improvements on that. Are still doing. They're not. Well, they're good. Some but, of them are, maybe. Whatever. But it's the, it's the same thing. It's it's like it's not innovating the genre to the extent that the first album was. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like a lot of the time I like an album, and the track I'll go back to the most is the first track because it's the first track I heard on the album. That makes sense. And I'm like, well, that's the that's the sound I connected to first or whatever. Yeah, I don't know because it, yeah, because it's all it is all about the connections that you form with bands. And if Regurgitator, for example, just became a band that was associated with a certain sound, like that's now something that you want from that label. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, but this is this is a masterpiece, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like breaking it down, right? So Regurgitator changed their sound. They write a self-aware song anticipating the kinds of reactions that fans would have to that. Then they remix that very song to sound like their old material without changing the content of it. They just snookered their fans. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the best, the yeah, best like, part is that this one, they're like, are you happy now? Yeah. That's the one they voted, they voted yeah. in. That's the one they liked more. Yeah. You played you yourself. You played yourself hey, so hard. Maybe they played along. Yeah, you know. Well, I, I mean, yeah, no, thing. no, no. We were we're in on the joke. We got all the it time. too. We got it in too. On the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, everyone wins. Yeah, regurgitate a win by bringing themselves down. They bring the fans down at the same time. Sure, but like everyone's having a good time with this. And it's like probably I imagine they wrote a lot of it based on conversations that happened or whatever. But it's really savage. Yeah, like, obviously. The, yeah. I called my friends, but I don't know what to say. Regurgitator's new record sounds so passe. It's like a cross between Gold Chisel and The Prodigy. <laughs> they're, now. they're fucked now. They're not, I'm not sure what they used to be. It's so good. Like, <laughs> the, like, thing is, the thing is, like a lesser band could have written a song and it's just like, oh, we're talking about... A f- it's clear that they're talking about themselves, but it's, yeah. they don't actually... They're writing about another band. No, they name themselves <laughs> in the fucking song. <laughs> and say that their music is shit. And so it's a cross between Cold Chisel and The Prodigy. <laughs> That's so funny! Yeah, it's amazing. The music oh sucks God. and the words mean nothing at all, so quit this band and never come back again. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Yeah. Why aren't more bands writing their own diss tracks? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> yeah, let's see Eminem... <laughs> Take aim at himself. Yeah. If you're so good, ah, diss yeah. yourself. If you're yeah. so good, talk about how problematic your fucking lyrics are, you dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck, yeah, fuck that shit. Musically, like, obviously, like, the point is that this isn't 
a new side of regurgitator. So it's not like when we talk about other regurgitator songs, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's great they can do this too. This is just a fucking straight up rock song. But that's the point, right? Yeah. Like, it's not meant to be yeah. a good. It's not meant to be like an interesting sounding song. Well, and the thing about it is that, like, yes, it sounds like old regurgitated material, but it also sounds just derivative enough yeah. of it. So they're not like parodying themselves, but they're getting pretty close. <laughs> na- it nails it. it. Nails it so hard. It's very just, close to be like, is this the guitar track from? No, no, but no, it's not. But didn't he? Hmm. But it yeah. could be. It could have been. It could have been. Man, just like take a bow. Regurgi- yeah, regurgitator. Like you, you've shown so much personality in this, and regurgitator are a band built on their personality as a band. Like that's part of the reason that you go to them. Their music rocks as well, but like you know, it's all about the personality that they're exhibiting in this track, and it's just on point. It's so good. Pointy. I rush home to listen to your new sounds. I put it on and shit is all that I heard. <laughs> shit is all that I heard. It's so funny. It's so pure. And the thing, right, because then if you don't like it, you're a chump. Yeah. Like the, you're, yeah. you're being bullied if you say I don't like the new album. And it's the first yeah, track. Yeah. <laughs> it's future-proofing you through records. So good. All right, let's bring it home with a hat trick. At number 26, it is Regurgitator with Polyester Girl. Twenty-six in the nineteen ninety-eight hottest one hundred. That is polyester girl. Hey, you know that uh, new shit that Regurgitator uh, <laughs> were ragging on? Well, listen to this. <laughs> this yeah. is the direction they decided to take Unit, and uh, commercially, critically, paid off dividends. With old school fans, not so much. But the rest of the album isn't this synth poppy, though. No, no, no. But like the fact that they'll just say, "Hey, we got to this point." We're now, like, one of the biggest bands in the country. Let's just fuck with it. Let's just dismantle everything that we've built up. And let's just throw all of these synthesizers at the wall and see which ones stick. Uh, it's a for, Moog, maybe? No, it's a Roland 303, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a Roland 420 That's the one that yeah. stuck. Roland, yeah, the, the sticky stuck. old Roland 303. Oh, the stickiest to the icky. But yeah. this was a throwaway. Like, they, this was one of those tracks that they kind of just did, and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. I guess yeah. they can go on the album. Yeah, yeah Quan has gone on record uh, saying, uh, with a qu- quote, uh, that it was one of those... Quan record? Uh, yeah, that's probably a better, that's a better <laughs> one. Quan the record. It's a better Quan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said it was one of those throwaway things. He uses the word throwaway. He said that they wrote it very quickly and sillily. <laughs> the question that was asked was like, would you do anything different on Unit? And he was considering like, uh, maybe we wouldn't write <laughs> our most famous and successful song because it's kind of silly. Regurgitated do a really good job of making you believe that their writing room is one of the most fun places to be. Yeah. 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 Big time. Big, big, like, big time. The, the unit recording sessions, I'm sure there were stressful moments, like, as in any project, but, like, fucking hell, that would have been good. What a fun mm. time to yeah. make weird shit. Yeah. The, it's um, just, yeah it's, this it, song is such a wonderful piece of crap. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Because, like... Wait, wait, wait. This is not... How dare you? Because like, the, the song itself, like... It's a bit of a piece of Without crap. context, yeah. you wouldn't listen to it, right? Like, well, Do you remember singing it as a kid with no context? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, like, huh. like, I should not have been singing that. 
kid kid version of what the fuck is yeah. this? Last time I saw some digital tits. Yeah, man. I mean, during the video, those yeah. N sixty four graphics women on the loop. Go back and watch it now. It is wildly bad. <laughs> it was nominated for an aria. <laughs> it's one of the few things that I can finish to. So yeah, Deej is yeah. Well, well about it. I got, like, a, I got a very strange fuck style. The lyrics are funny, obviously. I read a thing about it, and someone was saying, like, oh, it's Regurgitator's um, anti-consumerist masterpiece. <laughs> I was like, get your hand off it. It's a throwaway song about fucking a doll. That's that just about the doll. doll. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone with a doll is like, mm, it's, it's, very, mm, it's, it's not just about sex dolls. It's about a lot more than that. <laughs> so zooming in on that, can we just, like, the existence of sex dolls is a strike against men. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, guys, you do better than that. Like, and yeah, I, it would be weird to have one. Yeah, it would be weird, especially with shape like a. Oh no! Guys, what if my boys has a joke? Right? Would it be funny if I bought a war or a sex doll? It would be now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great hundreds and hundreds of thousands reference. I think we found our first piece of merch. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a fucking walrus. <laughs> a walrus. A walrus. I quit. I quit the podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I can't be a part of a podcast. I for this. <laughs> Who's merching balls? Who's only merch. <laughs> that would be, guys. It'd be funny. Think about it. Because yeah. oh, okay. like the lyrics in this song, they're obviously silly and like funny. it's meant to be a throwaway thing. It's not like a deep critique of consumers and like I read on Wikipedia or whatever like that. It's like I'm sure there is elements of that as well. And but like it's meant to just be a funny thing about your dream woman being an inflatable doll because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, side note, taking La- her on the plane. Yeah, La- Lars and the Real Girl, really good film, gorgeous film movie, really really yeah, lovely movie. And I I I do wonder whether the creators of that ever. Knew of the existence bow, of this bow, song. Bow, bow, Direct bow, bow. adaptation. Mm. <laughs> it's not a bad. It's, it's gotten a little bit more hot. Adapted screenplay. I think the, the most serious the lyrics get is the opening, where it's like, all I want you to say is nothing at yeah, all. Yeah. And all I want you to do is stare at the wall. That's, That's a, pretty, again, like, it's going a, back to... It's yeah, a, guys. Not, not stare at the ceiling. Stare at the wall. Yeah. It's, Makes he's fucking it from behind. It's a, it's a critique of a good of, detective work. Thanks, baby. <laughs> it's a critique of dumb masculinity, style. right? Like, it's a critique is, of dumb yeah. masculinity. Like, that it's is. a bait and switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like setting it's up this... It's a master bait and switch. A, yeah. You're setting up this thing where you're like, oh, fuck, this is messed up. And then it's just messed up in a different yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, took them several weeks. Yeah. To get, yeah. Is very funny. Yeah, and then also like, 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 because the music is so simple. And like, that's like the, the musical power. But yeah, like, it gets back to me. That's as varied as the music gets. Like, yeah, yeah. Also, regurgitator again, implicating themselves could have easily written it about you know some other dude, fictional guy. But no, he says grateful backstage and entertainment award ceremonies. It's like it's about it's you, man. Quiet, you have a fuck doll. I say you're in love with your fuck doll, man. He'll be getting a free hottest hundreds and thousands. He'll get the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lord knows what he's going to do with it. Uh, uh, hopefully write a song about it. Mm, hey. Play a girl too. Walrus Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this episode was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Starts with a walrus. Oh, here we are. Finishes on a walrus. That brings us to the end of Hottest Quan Hundreds and Thousands. Thank you so, so much for listening. <laughs> Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites, our least favourites, and continue the ever-continuing story of our carryover champs and carryover chumps. Uh, my favourite this week, I'm going to go with Don't You Know Who I Am... Least favorite. Oh god, this is tough. It's a very tough five. Yeah, um, it's quality. It's a quality bunch yeah, of five. Quality, Qu- quality. Qu- quantity. Qu- yeah, quantity. Uh, That's already a thing. Yeah, it's a quantity um, bunch of five. Yeah, 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 yeah of course it is. <laughs> 
I guess everybody here wants you. Is your yeah. least favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I still like it, but yeah, mm. like out of the out of these five, Champ and Chump remain impression that I get drinking in LA. My favorite, I'm gonna give it to Cake. Never there, great. My Champ, however, remains uh, Flagpole Sitter, Harvey Danger. My least favorite, again, it's really fucking hell, man. Yeah, everybody here wants you, but that seems fucking mean. Mm. It's, it's, it's yeah, a lovely right? song. No, mm. yeah. It's, it's also the, the one non-very fun song. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a, in a so. five in a, fun, in a fun five bunch, but that's. Without question, not approaching the chump that is drinking in LA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite cake, Olivia, as my favorite, but not as my champ. That will remain Tism. I'm gonna do Jeff as well. It's least favorite. I don't know. It feels weird. Or yeah, I guess, mm. yeah. I don't know. Well, I have yeah. a brand to uphold. You do. Yes, you do. So, and you know that we. <clears throat> we yeah. will, but you know. I don't know. I get. I get. It's totally fine. You know we who respect we are. the hell out of you, man. I just think like Happy Land just beats out. Jeff yep. Buckley for me in terms of like what I love in this uh, bunch of five um, so I'll give that but everybody here wants you was pretty close to that and look as much as I love it, that it exists I want to listen to Polyester Girl <laughs> least <laughs> you're right you're right um, so that will be my least favourite but of course nothing is dethroning either Champ or Chump this week uh, Flagpole Sitter remains perched atop my favourite and uh, the brand van 10 to the power of a million three <laughs> <laughs> what was your chump again Nathan? my chump is Metallica yes it is yeah yeah, you've is. held on to that, man. I'm impressed. Mm. Ooh, you guys have held on to that. You guys haven't sold the van for yeah, longer. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. We've barely advertised it. Metallica <laughs> whips ass, though. So, like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Not that song. Well, oh. I need to lie down. Yeah, <laughs> cold shower. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting a call right now from the RSPCA. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. go watch Blue Planet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to watch that. <laughs> I was joking about it all. You guys are sounding too into looking at a walrus very soon. Oh, boy. <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Quan. And Mr. Adam Buncher. <clears throat> Cuckoo Kachu. Indeed. Oh, no, that means I am the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> they are the Eggman. <laughs> and we are Hottest 100s and Thousands. Everything is good for you. Just like your favourite podcast host, you too can stick your dick in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite host is Ira Glass. He does that? <laughs> I suck a walrus up my ass. Uh, stay, stay with, with us. us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, cereal season three takes a dark turn. Oh, no. <laughs> no one was expecting that. <laughs>